Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. How are you? I feel like we haven't talked, really. No, yeah, we haven't talked in a while. I think you were student teaching. and Substitute teaching. I have been, yeah, yeah. substitute teaching, yeah, for Spanish, which is really awesome, mm-hmm. by the way. Thanks. But I've, I've been doing my field work. Yeah. So we've just, we've been really busy. And we haven't had a whole lot of time to talk to each other. Nope. Which is another great reason why we're doing this podcast, because we we get to catch up. Yeah, it's great that we're doing this podcast because we're able to talk once to twice a week, you know, at least. I mean, we talk every day, but we don't really know what's going on in each other's lives. We're really just texting about BTS. Yeah, like I I feel like I haven't talked to you because we, yeah, we just text BTS stuff back and forth. How's field work going? So for my field work, I'm, to all of our listeners, I'm studying occupational therapy and I've been at a skilled nursing facility or nursing home, if you want to call it that. Um, It can be both, but officially it's a skilled nursing facility and I've been there for six weeks now and I love it. I really love it because... Kayla knows this. I love old people. I think I have kind of an old, I have kind of an old soul. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I have an old soul. <laughs> and I I can connect to the elderly on a deeper level than I can with people of my own age. I, I don't think, know why that is, but it, I think you just have a lot of like compassion that people tend like as people our age, like young people, t- at least in our culture, tend not to have for elderly people. And I think you just have that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I I respect people who are older than us because they've lived longer and they they have amazing knowledge and experience that I have none of, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's really great to just talk to them. And part of working in this field is the elderly, you know, they're starting to get weak and they're not able to do things on their own like they used to. So I I really love that my job is to help them get back to doing those things that they used to do mm-hmm. and to do it more independently. But I get to be with them for six to sometimes 12 weeks, you know. So I get to see so much progress. And that is one of the best parts of my job is I get to see that progress and I get to see that I'm making a difference, you know. Yeah. So in other words, you love your field work. I love it. I love it. I could not ask for anything better. This is, I wanted this to be my last field work because I have one more after this. Yeah. I wanted it to be my last one because I knew that this is what I wanted to do. This is the the population I wanted to work with. And you just passed a major exam, right? (laughs) A practice major exam. I mean, okay, practice, but it still is a good indicator for... You're upcoming. Yeah, for when I for when I have to take my boards. Yeah. Yeah, to become a licensed OT. <laughs> the, yeah. the real deal. The real deal. It's going to be the biggest test of my life. But anyways, enough about me. Let's hear about you. Okay, well, um, if you hear any whining or anything going on, 
in from my side of the world right now. Um, it's because Jordan and I just got a puppy, and she's with me today Aww. podcasting. Um, her name is Rosie. She's a nine-week-old miniature schnauzer. She's the cutest thing in the world. I found these pictures Aww. of this girl online, and I showed Jordan, and we were like, okay, yeah, we we need her. We need to have her. So we went and got her, and she's, she's so sweet. Yeah, she's so cute. So well, cute. I have you. not met her I have not gotten to meet her yet, but from pictures and Snapchats and all that, she looks like a sweetheart. Yeah, she she's very smart. She is very persistent. She went on her first, like, big walk today, and she did a really good job. So uh, I'm, we're, I'm really happy to have her, but yeah. I've, as long as I've, yeah, as long as I've known you, I have always known that you wanted your own miniature schnauzer. And so I'm so happy that you finally have your own and I cannot wait to meet Rosie. Yeah, she looks super cute. We're already cute. so in love with her. Yeah, anyways. Is she is she getting along with your cats? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I feel like mostly with the cats it's business as usual like they either hide in like dark places and sleep most of the day or they come out and they like find a perch and sleep on that um or they're just out observing us so I guess their attitude hasn't changed that much like they do all those same things but instead of just like watching me or watching Jordan they're watching this puppy and they're like um excuse me miss who the fuck are you um, but <laughs> she, the, the only thing that happens is like, sometimes when it's playtime for her, she'll like run over to one of them and she'll get really playful, like booty in the air, tail wagging, this cute, tiny little bark. And the cats will just, they do, I mean, they don't play that way. They don't play the same way. So they yeah, just. Yeah, no, it's totally different, totally different species. Yeah. You so, know? so they just like kind of shrink down and they hiss and sometimes they'll have their hand out and I tell them I mean I'm like plump kitty Minnie you can you defend yourself like swat that dog let her know that you don't play that way <laughs> but mostly yeah I mean Rosie is smart so we just say not for you and that's what we say for everything that she's not allowed to do not for you and she backs away so she doesn't ever get like too close to them and they have gone like nose to nose and they kind of have snuggled on the same couch at the same time so it's just when she's in play mode that they're really not okay with her but besides that they're, they're, I think they're fine which is good because I was worried because well good they're and my they'll, babies and too they'll get, yeah they'll get used to Rosie being around and like they'll all warm up to each other and before you know it it'll just be a good time one happy family yeah we're going to talk about this article that was released by Billboard today, written by E. Alex mm -hmm. Jung. Um, and everybody, yes. the whole, all army is talking about it. Um, it's called. Be it's all, it's all over social media. It's awesome. It's all over social it's media. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I woke up to it and I was like, I need, I actually woke up to someone retweeting something about it. And I was like, okay, I need to read this. So it's called BTS Speaks Out in Seoul. The K-pop megastars get candid about representing a new generation. What a title. What a title. <laughs> like, it says so much, but I just want to say, I already like that it takes place in Seoul. It's in Seoul. It's not here in America, yeah. which is amazing. Thank you. Like, it's this boy, man, sorry, I always <laughs> say boy, this man traveled to Seoul um, to do this interview with Armin, who we love, mm -hmm. and he did them justice. I like, mean, he, that article, it brought tears to my eyes. Like, I was reading it out loud because I really wanted to retain it. Like, mm -hmm. I had read it on my own before, but I took the time to just read it out loud because I think... I'm I'm more of an auditory learner, mm -hmm. so reading it out loud helps me a little bit to really fully retain what yeah, I'm reading. Definitely. And I read it out loud, and the second time I read it, I started I teared up so much. I just couldn't help but to think, man, this this guy. I mean, Alex Jung or whatever his name is. He he did them justice. You can tell he did his research. You can tell that he went out of his way to make sure that this article was written to 
perfection. So yeah. that I mean, Army has to be so proud. I mean, Army Army can find a lot of things to criticize. I feel like because we love BTS so much and we mm-hmm. want them to be portrayed well and for who they are. So, you know, I think when he wrote this article, he had a lot to live up to basically because he's writing an article not just about anyone but about this amazing K-pop group who has taken over the world, you know. Yeah. And um, he he did it justice. He 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 did a very good job. Every every word, every sentence was written without I mean written with a lot of thought. Yeah. You know? So before we get into I w- I definitely want to talk about this article. Um I have all those same feelings just because I th- I do agree this guy did amazing justice and I think because He's also a fan. He speaks Korean. I think Billboard did a great job with, like, picking someone out to interview them who can, like, not only make sure that they feel comfortable, but also it's they're in an environment that is their own, you know? So they're comfortable and they don't have to worry about censoring themselves because they can't translate whatever. Like, they can just speak in Korean and, you know, it. it I, I loved it. But I wanted to talk about when I saw this guy's tweet. So he tweeted, it's E. Alex Jung. And he tweeted, I wrote about BTS for the cover of Billboard. And I fulfilled my destiny and will now return to dust. And I was just like, yes, that's the truest <laughs> thing. Like, yes, I can I can die now. Return to dust. And mm-hmm. some of he also tweeted, I just want to share, like he added tweets to the thread And he said, some BTS tidbits. When I first walked into the room, Jin was chilling in a gold anti-gravity massage chair like there was no tomorrow. And then he said, I know, like, isn't that such a Jin thing? Like, walk in. It's such a Jin thing. Like, I I would not, (laughs) yeah, I would not expect any less of Jin to be sitting in a freaking anti-gravity massage chair. Like, I'm not. (laughs) Like, just a beautiful man in a gold like floating massage chair and then he said and then he said v really wants to get an instagram account where he can upload his photography and Mm -hmm. he said sugar went on when he told his parents he wanted to become a musician he said my family was completely against it they thought i was a mutant i never heard music in my house growing up my relatives said that i would most certainly fail which i was like damn and sugar still He did it. And then Jungkook, on how much his parents sacrificed for him, said, When I went up to Seoul without a plan, my parents completely supported me. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, they helped me and they gave me a monthly allowance. When I think about it now, I'm so grateful. And I was like, wow, Jungkook really devoted everything. His family really devoted everything for him to be able to do this. And uh-huh. I mean, now he's golden Machne, like he's shining. I know, and it, that's such yeah, that's such a prestige role. Yeah, in a K-pop group to yeah. be the Machne and to, and he does it better than any other Machnes, in my opinion, because he is perfect at everything he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a fabulous rapper, singer, dancer visual you name it like he's got it all and his parents you know and his parents believed in him yeah which and is that makes so me awesome. like yeah like I can relate to that a little bit because I am fortunate to have come from a family who supports me and my endures and I I've had so much support and I look back and I'm so grateful yeah that's and really so I can relate to him yeah yeah he also commented, he said, Jimin on his weird sleeping habits. Lately, I keep hugging my pillow. Maybe I'm lacking affection, which every Jimin stan in the world was like, I'll give you affection. Oh, my gosh, of course. <laughs> like, when I read that, I was like, Kayla, I bet, is like, you know what? Let me give you love, Jimin. I'll be right here for you. Also so relatable because even though I have my husband with me in bed, I always use, like, a body pillow to snuggle. It's just comfortable. Um, do you know? Do you want to know a secret? What? And, and I sleep with my fiance Corey, but I do not cuddle him. I cuddle Tata, my <laughs> pillow, my Tata pillow. It's perfectly. If anyone out there has a Tata pillow, you can relate. The way it's shaped, it's shaped because the one side of the heart is bigger than the other. Uh huh. You can put it perfectly under your head, and then like the like crease between the two like 
parts of the heart mm-hmm. fits perfectly under your chin so your head can lay on the big part of Tata, like the big part of the heart mm-hmm. of Tata, and then your arm can rest on the other half. It's perfect for snuggling. so comfortable. It's the most, and the, the, the pillow is soft. It's so soft. It's like velvet. <laughs> it's just we, amazing. I love it. Can we just talk about, nobody wants to snuggle when they go to sleep. I like snuggle you when we're talking before we go to bed. I want you to rub my back and then I want to not be touched so I can sleep comfortably in my own space. I feel like... I I agree. I agree. (laughs) Who, if you snuggle all night with whoever you snuggle with, let us know because I think think you're an anomaly. I don't believe you. Yeah, no. Okay. Space, come on. The the last tweet that I definitely want to share from E. Alex Jung, the writer of this amazing article, is from he a little quote from J Hope saying, The truth is I still don't know how to de-stress, but lately when I get stressed, I try to relieve it through music. Each thing we complete, I feel a lot of joy. And then in parentheses it says, This prompts an oh from all the members, which I just love this tweet because I can totally see in my mind all the members listening attentively to J-Hope and just like doing like saying oh in unison just like 100% agreeing because I'm sure it's like so true like every single thing that they do I feel like they should be so proud of it so I'm glad that like they feel a lot of joy when they complete something and I can just see them just being like oh yes J-Hope you're totally right like I just love it. And what I love about this too is that Um, going off of that, instead of being like a solo artist, you only have yourself, you know, where they have made it, I mean, they have just grown from South Korea to all over the world, like South America and to North America and Europe and all this other stuff, but they didn't do it alone, you know? No. So they have each other and they can relate to each other. Yes, which is awesome. And I feel like they... Like, that the strength that they have in each other is what makes them, like, so amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's why they stay so humble. Yeah. Because they, it's like they bring each other back to reality. You know, it's, it's easy to get stuck in your head and to become cocky and all this other stuff. But when you've got six other people who you rely on. Mm-hmm. And you, who rely you just, on you. And who rely on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that... You know, you just, you can't get cocky. And they don't even think about it that way. They think about it as they have ARMY relying on them. And so they need to do well for ARMY. That's a, yeah, like that's a they, beautiful point. They don't even think about, like, themselves. They think, they don't even think about, like, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they think about the responsibility that they have to their other members, to Big Hit, to, you know, like, to their families, but... They like they always mention this responsibility that they have to army to like bring us the best and to do this for us because like where we support them, you know, and mm-hmm. so oh my gosh, they're just so wonderful. Okay. Let's get yeah, into let's this move article. On to the article. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um so like you said, the interview took place in Korea. Uh-huh. Um so it took it took place at the Korean house in Seoul, which I think is just amazing that he went to Korea to be in their country to do this interview. Yeah. And um, he he went like when they had like, you know, like he flew out specifically when they had a free area in their schedule. That's what he mentions in this article, which I'm like, he thinks that this article is so important that he does that. Yeah. So he starts off the article and he <laughs> it just amazes me. Um he just is vividly describing the scene in which he steps on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he just really goes into depth about like how J-Hope is the first one to come out and J-Hope doubles back to see RM, you know. Um, and he describes RM as the English-speaking ambassador. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he is. Like, shit. <laughs> but it's just such, it feels like you're there. Yeah, he really, he really sets the mood. He, you know, he talks about how there's like 20 people in the room from Big Hit, groomers, publicists, handlers, and then, you know, from Big Hit that are milling around, eating snacks, drinking the drinks that are there, and that 
Um, you know, like he said that BT or that he was told BTS was going to be about 15 minutes late because, um, they're exhausted because their schedule has been packed. And later, once they all come in, he's like, I wish they would have taken another 15 minutes because they just, they seem like they could need it, which I was like, oh my gosh, they work so hard. And then he goes on to say, like, and they still do this amazing photo shoot, you know? Mm-hmm. I I loved that he said that. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't even mind that I had to wait 15 minutes. And even when they came out, seeing how tired they look, he's like, I just wish they, they would have taken 15 more minutes, yeah. you know? Okay, so yes, to set the scene more. So yes, you said J-Hope walks in, and then he doubles back to get RM, and... He talks about how they're all wearing, like, Saint Laurent heavy outfits. Like, they're, like, very, I mean, they're very into this style where they all wear one, like, really well-known brand, you know? Like, if it's like a collective group outfit. It's not just V mm-hmm. wearing Gucci. It's not just, like, somebody wearing Chanel. It's all of them wearing all the same brands. So it's very cool. It, like, goes along with, like, this this era really well, I think. So oh, no, I, yeah, I agree. Yes. Um, I also, I can't help but to mention this, but he, in the article, one of my favorite things he said is they formed a circle of multicolored bowl cuts, like, <laughs> around him. I was like, multicolored bowl cuts. That's exactly, I just can only imagine, you know, like, J-Hope with his red hair. Oh, my and gosh. All this other stuff. I mean, that bowl cut, they work it. You know, it took me the longest time to realize that the hairstyle that they rep for a lot of music videos and a lot of, like, shoots is a bowl cut because here in the States, like, it's thought about as such, like, an outdated, like, geeky thing, like, like now growing up, like, being born mid-90s, I don't really consider myself, like, a 90s baby because... I don't really remember, like, a lot of the popular cartoons and games and stuff at the time, because, like, at the oldest in the 90s, I was five, you know? But, Uh so, like, that bowl cut style, I was never around for, so I just always think of it as, like, very outdated, very, like, lame. So it took me such a long time to realize, yeah, they all have bowl cuts, because, to me, they look so cool. Like, their hairstyles are so cool. They look hip. Yeah, they rock them. And I was like, oh... Okay, maybe bowl cuts are fucking rad. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I also love how when he introduces Suga, um, and he says the idealistic and soulful rapper, because I think what a perfect summation. If you c- if you have to sum anyone I, up in four words, I mean, perfect for. No, I I wrote that exact quote. I wrote on my paper, Suga, idealistic, soulful rapper. Yeah, because I. When I read that, I was just like, that is exactly what he is. You could not have described him in any better way. Yeah. Um, and then he says, Jimin, the baby-faced modern dancer, which, yes, also so true. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And NV, 22, the master impressionist, which <laughs> I thought was so funny because, yes, like, ask V to do anything and he he will do it. And then, oh no, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) flawlessly, also. (laughs) Oh yes, like a model. For I mean, to be honest, really, model Tay Tay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jungkook twenty, the golden maknae, and then he he actually does state youngest member of privileged position in K-pop, which um, I think you already said, um, which is true. It's like it's like really coveted to be. It's like a special position, you know. Oh, it absolutely is. And kudos to Big Hit for jumping on that. And honestly, I I think Big Hit really, if they didn't choose RM, I don't think they would have Jungkook. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other thing to get into on the Jungkook episode, but oh, yes, it's so for true. Sure. Um, and Moving then, on. And then he said, and also Jungkook, who's good at everything, which is so true. And then, and Jin25, who's known as Worldwide Handsome. Most definitely. He's like, okay, so they have to get started because he says time is money and these guys are worth a lot, which is like so true. Like they have to, they have such a limited amount of time to do this, you know? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was very fortunate to get the time to do this interview. And thank you for doing such a meaningful interview. Like you weren't asking stupid ass questions about stupid shit, you know? (sighs) 
Will you do an album in English? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my God, that just, like, boils my blood. Do you have any American love interests? Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> do you have to have like, such American- stupid, westernized, like, western-centric questions? Can't you ask them uh-huh. real questions about their music or, you know, like, it, Yeah, it makes me anything? embarrassed. Oh, my God. Like, I, it makes me so embarrassed. The fucking Mario Lopez interview that I watched with them on YouTube was the worst interview I've ever seen. I think he did not prepare beyond knowing who they were and maybe learning their names, but he definitely didn't know who was who. He asked the most dumbass questions. He didn't even seem like he was taking them seriously. Like, why are you interviewing them? Why are you giving them time if you're not going to be serious with this? They're being serious. They're showing up. Yeah. I don't even think he knew who they were. Truthfully, I don't. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. So this article is wonderful. We're not going to say all of this, but he goes into basically like a a brief history of BTS and their, just in the last year about their Love Yourself Her album, how it sold 1.58 million physical copies. So that's not even including like digital downloads like Apple Music and Spotify and stuff like that. Um, that mm-hmm. many copies yeah. worldwide. Um, yeah, their yeah, their "Love Yourself" her um, debut. It was number seven on Billboard Top 200 in September of 2017. Yeah, yeah. and then their "Mic Drop" remix was with Steve Aoki. It was number 28 on the Billboard Top 100. Yeah, and in additionally, the US. and I mean. Additionally, I will just add, this isn't in the article because he's just talking about what's on Billboard because obviously this is from Billboard, but that mic drop remix with Designer was number one on like the iTunes charts and that was Steve Aoki's first number one um, track ever and it was a BTS. Was it really? Yeah. I I did not know that, but I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. So this article is wonderful because it it really hits, like, the important stuff that we always talk about is why we feel connected to BTS. And it's because, I mean, he literally says BTS has connected with millennials around the globe. And, I mean, they he talks about all these reasons why their music and what they do and what they say connect with us. And he talks to them about it, which is, I mean, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have to mention that in the article, he related the, or compared, I guess, ARMY to what Beatles mania was. Which I was like, when I read that, I thought of you. Well, because I'm a huge Beatles fan. And let me me tell you how I feel about this, okay? Because I am a huge Beatles fan, and you know this. And I have been... I have been a fan of the Beatles since I was 12 years old. And it wasn't like I became a Beatles fan because my dad listened to the Beatles. No, like I found the Beatles on my own. I mean, I had heard about them, but I had found the Beatles on my own when I was 12. And I remember listening to them, like their really early stuff. I fell in love. Mm -hmm. From there, it became this, what is very similar to my BTS obsession, but it became an obsession I bought every documentary there is. I bought all of their films. I had their pictures all over my wall. I mean, to this day, if you go into my room right now, it is 50s style, 60s styles. Beatles. Um, Beatles. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Beatles everywhere. I had a friend just paint me Ringo Starr in her yes. free time for That's my 16th awesome birthday. Painting. Yeah. So I have a lot of opinions about this, you know, and they're they're good, positive opinions. I feel like a lot of people are like, BTS is not the Beatles and BTS themselves are like, we're not the Beatles, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of music, I can't, it's, it's really hard to say because the Beatles are revolutionary, you know? But what I'm trying to say is that I've watched countless documentaries on Beatles and Mm -hmm. specifically I've seen a lot on Beatles mania and like the chaos that they've created around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Alex, the guy who wrote this article he brings up the word Beatles mania and I agree with it because BTS to bring it into perspective, BTS in a similar way to Beatles mania has affected the world in a similar way. Yeah. I feel like I have the right to say this. I, I truthfully believe that the Beatles, I mean, they, they blew up, man. I have a, I have so much to say about it. They blew up even in, 
Asian countries, you know, such as I mean, as let's just think about this. Like, even if BTS thought that they were, that they did have these parallel similarities to the Beatles, not saying that they're yet as iconic, because I think that maybe they're probably not, definitely not as iconic as the Beatles yet, but they... There's a lot of parallels in, like, the themes of their music and the themes of, yes, like, Beatles mania and ARMY, like... And the population, the population that they both attracted, like, especially the female population, the young female population, that is what the Beatles attracted at the beginning. And And, so I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see where BTS goes because they experiment a lot with their music. I was talking to my friend Skylar, who you have become familiar with, and she's going to totally guests are on this podcast but oh good, i was talking to her I about her it on facebook i stalk her on facebook too she posts the best things and she's been in army for so much longer than us so she just knows she knows shit. so much um, i i stalk I her so much i every single one i want to comment on every single one of her things like i want to message her I on do. facebook like i have not <laughs> i only friended her because you're friends with her and i was like would it be okay for me to friend her but i just think mm-hmm. that she's like yeah totally like such a cool person and uh, okay anyway so shout out to Skylar yeah shout out to Skylar um she's definitely going to be on this podcast soon for sure well BTS would not admit if they actually thought that they had all of these similarities you know that people are pointing out like because they're so humble but I mean I think yes you're a fan of the Beatles so I feel like if you feel if you say that you could see some similarities between this. Like, yeah, no, I've, yeah. I have been, I have been a fan of the Beatles for 11 years. I've obsessed over them. I know everything about them. So if there's any Beatles fans listening to this podcast, go ahead and send me your hate because I'm 99% sure that I know more about the Beatles than you. Like I know so much <laughs> about them. And I, I, I have to say there is a huge similarity between BTS and the Beatles and like I was saying before, BTS has experimented a lot with their music, and they're so new. I ha- I'm excited to see where they go, just like the Beatles did. I mean, the Beatles started off very poppy. They started off very cliche. They started off, you know, with that female population, like, love me do, and please please me, and I want to hold your hand. But then they went to, like, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and I am the walrus, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that BTS has the potential to go that route. And oh, to yes. explore this whole new, I you know, this whole new world of music for themselves. So I also just thinking along those lines, um, this is a description that the writer of this article gave about BTS. And then I'm going to follow it up with a quote about from RM addressing it um, is saying that BTS's music Um, which the members have helped write since the beginning, has regularly leveled criticism against a myopic educational system, materialism, and the media venting about structures seemingly gamed against the younger generation. And then RM says, Honestly, from our standpoint, every day is stressful for our generation. It's hard to get a job. It's harder to attend college now more than ever. Um... He also said adults need to create policies that can facilitate that overall social change. Right now, the privileged class, the upper class, needs to change the way they think. And then Suga jumps in to say, and this isn't just Korea, but the rest of the world. The reason why our music resonates with people around the world who are in their teens, 20s, and 30s is because of these issues, which... Oh, man, I know that was a lot, but I really connected with this part of the article because I felt... It was so true. And thinking along the lines that you were talking about with the Beatles, I think, don't you think that people back when the Beatles were coming up felt that way about them, felt that they were expressing, they were expressing how they were feeling in this generation that they felt stuck in. And then, you know, they go in, you go into the whole peace and love era once the Beatles blow up, you know, and I felt like that was like a rebellion against the societal norms you know it was like the counterculture and oh, that's kind absolutely. of that's I'm, what bts yeah. is doing bts is challenging the culture and they're kind of creating this countercultural movement mm-hmm. no absolutely i could not agree more and i'm so happy that you bring <laughs> that up because that that is definitely one of the things i wanted to talk about today is that 
the Beatles, I mean, John Lennon was in this like really uptight, you know, private school and his aunt was raising him and he she was all about like you need to get good grades, all this other stuff. Sounds like and RM. Lennon was not a yeah, it's just like RM. And I just, I'm about to cry. Oh my I'm God. I'm literally about to, Kayla, I'm about to cry because I've, I freaking love John Lennon so much. You don't even know. Like, I love John Lennon so much. I love Paul McCartney and all of them. But I feel like RM, if RM was to meet someone of the past, I feel like he should just sit down and talk to John Lennon. And I feel that they could talk forever. They could relate and understand where they're coming from. Yeah, you know? I really. I all I def I teared up reading this article and I got I got chills more than once because there were things like that that because it expresses so well what BTS is talking about and how they're feeling and what their art is trying to portray that it just it mm-hmm. this art I mean it's so important it's a such an important message that mm-hmm. um you know, like they're they're the ones. They're the ones putting it out there. They're changing. They're changing the world. You know, slowly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention about this article is that I love that he went back to their roots, um, yeah. and that he brought up Tuco for school. Yes. He brought up no more dreams. Yes. No. He talked about that pressure in Korea to succeed in school, mm-hmm. to succeed in college, and to just find a stable job. And I knew that in Korea, education is a big deal. I mean, Rigorous. people pay, like, yeah, that people yeah. pay, like, private tutors, and they study for hours on end with private tutors so that they can basically buy their way into succeeding better on tests and all yeah. this other stuff. It's very corrupt, very corrupt. And it's um, really hard to get into college. Oh, yeah. It's like their whole life depends on this one exam to get uh-huh. into college. It's it's insane. So, I mean, he talks about how No More Dream and No addressed to that, you know, which mm-hmm. I thought was awesome because that goes along, I mean, just looping it back to the Beatles thing. I feel like that goes along, like what RM goes on to say about writing those songs when he was working on them like he says he was talking about his past self like we know this about rm from doing our research on him for the rm episode he was you know not interested in school like he got good grades he blah 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 but like especially yeah, he's once, crazy intelligent yeah mm-hmm. he did well but, but he, he was like not about it no and he didn't have passion like he just he knew that he just had to do it because that was what was expected of him to work really hard in school, go to college, go get a good job, make a lot of money. That was like what was destined for him. That was what was laid out for him. And that was not a future that he wanted. That wasn't like something that he saw himself doing, you know? So he said that he wrote those songs to, you know, as like a letter to himself in the past. But what I think that ends up doing is it speaks to every single other person who's pretty yeah. much our age who's going through that same exact thing. Like, I remember when I was choosing what college to go to, like, I chose to go to this, you know, to Rockhurst, which is, like, an expensive school, and I didn't have a lot of support to make that choice. Um, and then I chose to be a teacher after going to this expensive school, and at first I really didn't have a lot of support for my family to pursue that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, but it wasn't, I could have done other things. It's, I didn't choose to be a teacher because I'm not smart enough to do something else. You know, I chose to be a teacher because that was where my passion was. And I wanted to do something with Spanish and I wanted to, you know, impart my love for culture and this whole other language on young people. And, You know, so for me, I really, that really spoke to me because... It's relatable. Yeah, it's relatable to people who don't want to just follow that that common path. And if you do, like, that's fine, like, you know... But don't do something for the money. Do something because it's going to make you happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to feel so empty if you make a choice based on what other people want for you. Uh And And also... In the article, this is something I never knew, but Suga, RM, and Jen mentioned that 
they were so pressured to do well in school and to go to college that like they truthfully believed that they believed that they would lose weight, be yeah. taller, be better looking, um, get a girlfriend, and, and get a girlfriend. Yeah, I mean that's how brainwash you know brainwashed they were. That's, like, what people told them, you know? That's what, like, society or family or, you know, like, teachers or whoever, that's what they were told if they follow this future and look at all these stuff that they'll they'll get. But, you know, Suga says this wasn't a reality. They realized, you know, that it was a lie and nobody can take responsibility for you. You have to, you know, he's basically saying, like, you have to do it yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. he says, if we don't talk about these issues, this is still sugar. If we don't talk about these issues, who will our parents, adults? So isn't it up to us? It's that's the kind of conversations we in the band have, who knows what can talk, who knows best and can talk about the difficulty our generation faces. It's us, which is Mm -hmm. so true. You know, Yeah. especially every member from BTS being from so like many different backgrounds coming from different places around Korea and, you know, having, you know, from rapping in the underground to going to performance, like performing arts schools to being a street dancer, like everybody has different things and experiences that they bring to the table to tell like this story that BTS is telling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like V lived on a farm and was going to be a farmer with his family. How, I mean, can you imagine V being a farmer? No. Like that is that's not what he was meant to do. Oh my god, this. no. He's a he's a singer, actor, model slash god. So <laughs> they're all gods, honestly. <laughs> New religion. Oh my god. Anyways, are we in let's a Let's not get into that. <laughs> We're basically literally I'm, I wrote <laughs> I wrote down, I'm like, are they this are they this amazing or am I just brainwashed? I don't know. <laughs> I, I question this a lot, which I think tells us that we aren't yet brainwashed or in a cult. We're still thinking and acting of our own volition because we question it. If we were just yeah. blindly following everything, then I would mm-hmm. I would cause alarm. But I think at this yeah. point we're okay. I was okay, watching. I hope so because Corey's like you're in a freaking cult, and yeah, Corey's like Sorry. I'm pretty sure they're brainwashing you with their videos and something. I don't know, but they're brainwashing you. There's no. some subliminal messages or some shit. <laughs> like no, they're in Korean. We can't understand any subliminal messages that there would be anyways. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, we'll just keep going with that. I was watching videos earlier of people like when they escaped from like sex cults and stuff. And no, we're not in a cult. We're okay. Okay. Um, yeah. We we listened to enough of my favorite murder that podcast. Shout out to them. Yeah. Free advertising. They don't need it. Um, no, they but don't. We listen to them. <laughs> no, they don't. We listen to them, and we've heard enough about cults that we we would know if we're in one. Listen, we're informed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We we know our shit. Okay. Um, one more thing I one more thing I want to say about this article yeah. and I debated whether or not I wanted to talk about it. Um it was they did bring up the recent death of the shiny member Jong Hyun. Mm-hmm. Um who suffered from depression and I debate if I really wanted to talk about it because it's a hard subject for me to talk about. Yeah. And I think it's a difficult topic for a lot of people to talk about. It happened back in December, but it feels like it happened yesterday, you know? Yeah. And I remember when it happened, my my friends and family who don't really know anything about BTS was like, hey, we heard about that Korean pop star who you know, recently died. Is that, is that your group? Is that your group? And I just had to say, no, it's not. But, but that doesn't make it any of, less sad or No, no, it doesn't. Awful. You know, shiny was such an, <laughs> it, you know, it's part of the original K-pop groups that Iconic. just really, yeah, they started yeah. K-pop, you know, them, big bang girls generation, like all that stuff. And they brought it up in this, this article and I was kind of surprised by it because it has, it was so recent. Mm-hmm. I know that the sugar had something to say about it and so did yeah. RM, but RM was pretty quick to 
to bring it to an end. Yeah, I think RM was kind of trying to change the subject because he knows how touchy it can be and how it's still so raw and difficult to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. But RM said, we went to give our condolences that morning. I couldn't sleep at all that night. It was so shocking because we had seen him so often at events. He was so successful. And then Suga added, it was a shock to everyone, and I really empathized with him. And then RM said, that's all we can say. But then Suga went on to say, this is my favorite part of the article, because as someone who struggles with depression and feelings of loneliness quite often, which is one of the reasons why we got this puppy, was because, so, like, she would help me not feel so lonely. Um, Suga says, "I, I really want to say that everyone in the world is lonely and everyone is sad. And if we know that everyone is suffering and lonely, I hope we can create an environment where we ask for help and where things are, and say things are hard when they're hard and say that we miss someone when we miss them. And um, that is just, um, just a really important message, I feel, you know. Especially he's, he's saying he's saying what we all are thinking, you yeah. know, like, why can't we just say that? So uh, and be honest with each other. Yeah. So I think it was it was nice of I, I mean, I think ahead of time, the author probably was briefed on what questions he could ask and what he couldn't. So obviously, like he could talk about this. And I think that it was approached in a really, in the best way that it could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just hope that people who are out there who listen to BTS and who read this article and who listen to this podcast um, really hears what Suga had to say, know that everybody is lonely, everybody's going through that, so you, there's always someone for you to talk to. Talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. tell somebody that you're lonely, tell somebody that... You need to hang out, you know. It it can be so hard when you're depressed to even text your best friend. You know, they'll text you, and it can be hard to even want to reply, to think of it's Mm -hmm. too much energy to think of a response. But don't let yourself get that far, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all in all, this this article touched on so many topics and it was so well written it was just hard to cover it all in one episode yeah so many that we can't even please go read it yeah go read this this article i mean it's it's well worth the read you know and even if you're not into bts it's just so well written and it hits on so many important topics Mm -hmm. and it really does justice to what bts is bts is just not a k-pop group And they're really making a difference and they're impacting a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Um, But anyways, another thing I, some of the other things that they mentioned in it is I love that they talked about Big Hit and that they mentioned how BTS is a part of Big Hit, which isn't a huge, you know, K-pop industry. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's YG, JYP, SM. Right. They're not one of the big three. Yeah. Mm-hmm, the big three, yeah. I thought that was great that they brought that up. And Big Hit, I think, treats BTS really well. There's mm-hmm. there's some cases where, I mean, BTS is really overworked. That's the truth. I mean, if you're going to be in that industry, and I think they all knew going into this industry that they would work a lot. Oh, I um, think it's just the case of being famous. You, I mean, I, mm-hmm. famous, like, American celebrities have to be just as you know they have to work just as hard sometimes you know Mm -hmm. like everybody who's at that level of fame has a packed schedule so I think Uh yeah I do think uh big hit treats them and you know comforts them as best as they can for like the limited amount of downtime that they can have Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so another thing that was brought up in the article was how RM back in March of 2013, which was a really long time ago, he kind of talked about the lyrics for Macklemore in Ryan Lewis's gay marriage anthem, Same Love. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just, it just shows that BTS openly supports gay rights, which yeah. is not 
common in the K-pop industry because it's seen as controversial, you know, political, and we don't want to bring that in. But BTS is like, screw that. We don't really care, you know, because this is how we feel. I think RM, as as the leader, he can't be quite as outspoken. So he just kind of said that once he understood, he liked the song twice as much. And to him, saying same love is saying love is the same and that he just really liked mm-hmm. the song and that's all he would say. But then Suga yeah. added that he was clear on where he stands, that nothing, there's nothing wrong with it and everyone is equal. Um, everyone which I, is equal. Which, yeah, which I just think RM can't say just as, like, the leader, you know? Like, he has to be mm-hmm. a little more withdrawn um but i sugar is yeah. very outspoken with the things that he yeah, firmly that, believes and in. that's what alex yeah that's what alex says is that sugar was the most outspoken which mm-hmm. i'm not even surprised i'm not and kudos to all the bts members but kudos to sugar for being fearless <laughs> fearless yeah. and says what he what he thinks yeah, I, I I absolutely love that about him. So this has been a really great episode. I'm glad we did this because we we fangirl a lot, but we enjoy BTS for more than just their looks and even more than just their their music. We appreciate their beliefs and what they stand for and yeah. the lyrics that they write and the meaning behind them. When a really incredible article like this comes out, of course we have to talk about it because... This did them so much justice. We appreciate um, E. Alex. Um, sorry, I forgot his name. Jung. Yeah, we appreciate. Jung? Yeah, we appreciate E. Alex Jung so much. You did such a wonderful job. Thank you for this amazing article. Thank you, Billboard. Um, really, this. If I don't know if Bethany, I don't know if you can put the link in the description, but. Um, Absolutely. I'll put the link in the description for the article so that you all can access it. Yes, because you should go read it. It really, it brought tears to our eyes. It gave us chills. It was so powerful and important. And something that we didn't actually talk about is that there are some amazing, visually stunning pictures throughout the article of them. Um, Oh, yes. So V and his mullet. V is growing a mullet. (laughs) We had to get a little bit of fangirling in. Um, uh, yes, so, but he is growing up a Come yeah. on. Man, bun, man, bun. Okay, <laughs> so anyways, um, if you guys liked this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars if you liked it. It really helps us, you know, get some recognition and go up on the charts and possibly be able to get sponsored so that way we can bring you better quality podcasts. Thanks for listening, and thanks for standing BTS. <laughs>